Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Tales from Tolt. My name is Dwayne Davidson, your host. This is a program where we discuss the fascinating and rich history of that place we call the Sonoma Valley, basically from Monroe to North Bend. We really have a really neat program for today. It's something that's really rather exciting to me because it uh, deals with the uh, Barn Again program. Because of my background, uh, and I'm just really, really delighted that this program exists. And I'm really delighted that we have a special guest here today, Councilwoman Kathy Lambert. Welcome, Kathy. A pleasure to be here. It's good to see you. It is going to be a really interesting conversation because, you know, where there's so much of our history, that's what this program's about, is preserving the history of the Snoqualmie Valley. Wow, for goodness sakes, this program is directly related to that because it's saving something as precious as our barns. Agriculture was the main thing going on in the valley. It was the main industry. And there is so much history involved with our barns. The barns were built. They had different styles. Once you become kind of an expert at this, you can tell when a barn was built by the type, what era it was built. You can even tell some what about the about the nationalities of the of the immigrants that built the barns, depending upon, and then of course what kind of agriculture they were involved with. But there's usually not much debate about that. They were all dairy barns, with the exception of a couple hop sheds and things that go way way back. But it seems like such an interesting program to have barn preservation. The first question we have to ask is, how did this get started? Well, it's an interesting story. One day, as I was driving around my district, I started looking at the barns and so happy because you're right, they're the bedrock of what this area is about. And I was just looking at them and I realized some of them were kind of leaning to a direction and some of them had some holes in the walls and some of them had some roof issues and some of them looked like they were sinking. So I started driving around with that in mind and decided that I was going to to do something about it, that losing these barns was not an option. So I went to our historic preservation people at the county and I went to Four Culture and talked to them and they were like, oh my goodness, yes, that would be a great idea. I went to a party at the Stimson Green Manor in Seattle. I was talking to senator at the time, Ken Jacobson, and he was in the Seattle area, and he was asking me, you know, what was I thinking about different historical things, and I said, you know, one of the things that's really important to me is barns, and he looked at me, and he goes, I love barns, and I was so (laughs) surprised. I was like, you're from Seattle. Why do you care about barns, and he goes, I love barns, and I said, wow, well, we should put a program together to to preserve them. You could do something at the state and I could do something at the county. And that way there would be some grant money. So he said, I I would love to do that. And I was just shocked. And we got a funding source. And then I decided that I was going to make sure that many barn owners knew about this funding source. For a couple of Saturdays, I made up flyers And I just went out to as many barns as I could find during those times and went in and found people that were in the barn or the owners of the barn and talked to them about the Barn Again program and that it was going to be very simple. 
to fill out the applications and talk to them about how important their barns were to the entire population. And so many people were just so amazed. They're like, my barn, other people care about? And I'm like, yes, we care about these barns because they're the history. And like you said, if you know about barns, there's different kinds of milking areas and there's different kinds of hay loft areas and there's different sizes and just so amazing. Then the county put out the proposal and people then started applying. So I had gone to this one house. There was one barn in Carnation that was among my favorite barns. I didn't know who owned it. So I went across the street to the house and I knocked on the door and the man said, I'm sick. And I said, well, it's okay. I only have one question for you. Who owns the barn down the street, across the street? And he said, I do. And I said, then I need to talk to you. He goes, I'm sick. And I said, I don't care if you're sick. I need to talk to you about that barn. And he said, it doesn't matter. The barn's going to be torn down next week. Um, on Thursday, we're signing the papers. And this was a Saturday before. And I said, then I need to talk to you right now. And so he came out and I said, you know, I'm Kathy Lambert. And he goes, yes, you are. I know you. And so um, he goes, why do you care about my barn? And I said, it is among the most beautiful barns. He said, well, it's coming down next week. And I said, no, you can't let that happen. At least apply. And he, he was so cute. He said, my little pea brain may not be good enough to make out the application. And I said, no, 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 you are so smart. This application's easy. It won't be a problem. So I told him, at least have your bookkeeper who was coming with the papers on Thursday, at least have her look at the application and see and wait until you can see, you know, if you could qualify for this. And he goes, all right, I'll, I'll have my bookkeeper look at it. And so turns out the bookkeeper said, this is very easy. And she made out the application. And of course, I can't be involved after that point because it's up to a committee to do. You know, months later, they had decided which of the barns qualified for the money and they brought the packet to me. And there were 30 barns that were getting full funding. Wouldn't you know, in the packet, the barn that I was most interested was number 30. And I was getting more and more, oh my gosh, the one that I really wanted isn't even in the pile, but it was number 30. And of course, I just had to scream for glee when I realized it was in the pile. <laughs> and the people who were presenting it to me said, oh, we were so glad when we finally heard you like, oh, it's great. So they're like, good. It ended up being a barn that you were particularly interested in. This barn had a lot of problems and it, it truly wasn't going to last and it needed a lot of work. And so I knew that it was eminent. And of course, once I heard that it was going to be torn down the following week, it was more eminent than I actually you know, knew um, by just looking at it. Then they went out and because we had 30 barns that were getting full funding, there was some economy of scale that we could hire experts to come out and you know know that okay i'm gonna have to do this on this barn but if i order twice as much i can help with this barn not only did the 30 barns get their full funding but then other barns that didn't get full funding got some partial funding but in addition they got a lot of technical advice now we have more money coming in the next for culture budget that will be for barn again barns that are you know, feeling like they're ready to do some things to preserve their barns, can it apply for the money? We had so many people apply that it was more than the money that was in the budget. So I'm hoping in this new budget 
that we can make even a little bit more money so that we can preserve all these barns. That is such a neat story. And full disclosure, Kathy is very careful about not revealing uh, who exactly barn that was. But I know. I know the story and I know what barn that is. And I know several of the barns that your program has helped. Uh, there's a barn that just passed where my family lives outside of Carnation. That's a beautiful old barn with this giant cupola on the top of it. And it also received uh, funding that helped preserve it. And it was getting in, in, in terrible shape too. And it's so neat that I know several of these barns that have actually been impacted by these, uh, these funds. I'm so delighted that they've been saved. There's another one that's very familiar to everybody because it's right on 203. There's another barn that really went through a lot of change. It was, it was shrink wrapped for a while with the coating and everything. And I'm talking about the Thayer barn. And most people are kind of, if you've been in the Valley much, you're probably aware of that barn. It's just south of Duvalsum. You want to talk a little bit about that barn? Oh, I'd love to do that. So you're right. If you've been in the Valley, for any length of time, you know about the Thayer Barn and it was shrink-wrapped and it broke my heart. Many, many years ago when I was a state legislator, they decided to raise money for that barn to be restored and they asked all the elected officials to get dressed up as if we had been arrested. They got this um, van and truck and it looked like we were in jail. And so they drove us around Duval so that people could see that we were kind of behind bars. And then we were to go in and call friends and say, hey, we've been picked up by the Thayer Barn supporters and we got to raise money. And so that we could raise money. So it was a fun activity. So I've always loved that barn because the enthusiasm people had for it and how creative and clever they were to raise money. But then it got involved in a, in a number of issues uh, with land use in Duval and such. But there has been a group all along led by a number of people, one of which is, is Elizabeth Hill, who has met regularly on trying to preserve that barn. And she's got a team of amazing people. So they took the barn and much of the wood had, had rotted, but the wood that was not, they have preserved. And so when the new subdivision has come into Duval, they have arranged with the builder to use the wood from the old Thayer barn to be a community center for the area. And so we have done um, the, the plan for that. So I got to look at the blueprint and I went, oh, wait a minute, we need a little this here and a little that there. And so it was fun to sit down with Elizabeth, who was a genius and talk about the, the plan for the new barn and work on some things together. We financed through the county, the infrastructure, the piping and such for this. And so it will be a smaller version of the original barn. And there's discussion about what it will be called. And I'm like, I'm sorry, the Thayer Barn Wood used to always <laughs> forever be the Thayer Barn. So I am hoping that the smaller version of Thayer Barn will be Thayer Barn. And I cannot thank the women and and it's been mostly women on that committee, uh, but everybody involved for trying to preserve as much of this as possible. And it's just amazing to see that history. It's going to be a smaller version, but less it's a version. And I think that it's remarkable that it's all come together to actually 
be something, that's much better than the alternative to where we've lost barns that have been torn down. I was uh, sharing before the program started uh, for the folks listening, I was sharing with Kathy that uh, my great grandfather, a farm that he farmed at right at the beginning of Carnation Farms Road was a big historic barn that was called Tolt Farm. And it's, it's one that's gone. I was broken hearted to see the loss of the Allen Barns, which were two twin barns outside of Duval near the county line that got tragically lost several years back because of a fire. It's really, really sad when we lose uh, barns uh, because of just decay or the fire or whatever, the calamity that comes their way. And it's so good that this uh, program is here to help uh, try to preserve those. It takes a lot to make this program work. And that means hard work, dedication by all. It also means money and where the money comes from and how it all starts. And maybe you can talk a little bit about that when we come back from our break, we'll be right back to hear about what helps fund this uh, project. You're listening to Valley 104.9 FM, your station for Northwest eclectic music. Hi, I'm Seth Shostak, and I'm an actual scientist, although I don't wear a white lab coat. Maybe a straight jacket. I'm Molly Bentley. I'm a science journalist, and we are your hosts on Big Picture Science, bringing you the latest from the labs every week. So join us Thursdays at 6 p.m. for the coolest in science and technology, Big Picture Science. That's Thursdays at 6 p.m. right here on Valley 104.9 FM. Welcome back to Tales from Tolk, where our special guest today is Kathy Lambert with the King County Council. Kathy uh, is very involved in a program that's called Barn Again that we've been talking about. Can you explain a little bit about what funds Barn Again? Well, we have a For Culture grant program. And so For Culture divides their money into various kinds of categories of spending. And then the county also gets some money from For Culture and gets some money from the county. So the county's historical preservation and then for culture work together on some projects and overseeing. It's funded, of course, through tax dollars. Then, of course, we try to get as many grants as we can. And with some of the barns that we preserved and some that we gave technical assistance to, we were able to work with the state to get um, more funding. I've talked to for culture and they're looking at how much they're going to put into their next budget for barn again. Of course, I'd like to see as much as possible because I agree with what you said earlier that once these barns are gone, they're gone. So for cultures independent from us, but we also, you know, have conversations with them, um, all of us on what's happening in our districts. And, you know, we've worked very collaboratively, all of us with for culture because, you know, they're preserving museums and art and historical things. Art brings people together. In this time and space, especially preserving our unique charm to our area, our unique things that have kept us together as a society, I think we need to rally around those things and look at how we can be united. And art makes people happy. I'm very excited about this program. And so when we do our budget and then For Culture does their budget, that will be opportunities for citizens all over the county to call in and say, you know, I bike ride out in the rural area, or I go for picnics out there, or go out to see Snoqualmie Falls or whatever. And I really love those barns. I hope that you will consider that and really, you know, make sure that we look at the need and try over the next couple of years to meet those needs so that we don't lose any more barns. And 
you know, it's funny, one of the barn owners, the one that I'm not naming, um, told me that the, um, he was really surprised by how many people loved his barn, that after Christmas, well, before Christmas, that people would come and take their Christmas pictures at the barn. And so he put up a wreath and things to enhance the idea that people were coming out to his barn to have their Christmas pictures taken. And, you know, I think, I think it's really special. And again, it's a way of uniting. And the other thing, not only uniting in our county, but we won a national award. And so the head of our department, Julie Kohler, and also the head of the president, uh, we went back east to, to receive the national award. And so many people would stop me and say, aren't you the lady that got the award um, for this? And we wanna know more about it. We never even thought about taking and preserving our barns. And it's so exciting. We wanna go back and do it to our county. So I hope that the enthusiasm helped people all across the country to know that this is something really worth preserving. And I'm so thankful that we had the opportunity to do this and that we will be continuing to do it. That is so neat to hear about the positive feedback from people, not only in the area affected, but also uh, outside the area, that there has been lots of positive feedback that you received. You're in a key position that you would hear about this type of uh, feedback. And it's so good to know that there is, uh, that this has been so well received. Uh, I personally am aware of the program and knew, knew that there was money going into those barns that I mentioned earlier in the program and was delighted to see that that work was being done. Kathy, can I talk to you just for a moment about, I was aware that some time ago, there was a historical barn movement to uh, for statewide to identify a bunch. And, and I think just for the purposes of designating them a historical building, is there any kind of... Uh, tie-in between these two programs? Is there any kind of a synergy here at all? Absolutely. And, you know, because Senator Jacobson brought it up after our meeting at the Stimson Green Manor, and it was just talking over a dinner that we talked about this. Then he also, we both looked into the idea of the state program, and the state has been really helpful in helping us to get the expertise that we needed. And the president of the State Historical Society is a wonderful, wonderful human being. And so has been so helpful in, you know, helping us to get um, more information and supporting us. So I think it's really important that people who love Barnes and maybe live in Seattle, where the Seattle council members might be uh, on the King County Council, not Seattle downtown people because it's not part of their budget but you know to tell the King County Council members that you know when you do your budget make sure that you include more money for the barn again program because not everybody thinks about how important this is they just assume it'll always be there when they're out driving or bike riding and how horrible it would be because you know as you walk by or drive by the barns that were important to you when you were um, a younger person um, aren't there. And so you think, gosh, I wish it was still there. Chris Moore, who is the man at the state level through the Washington Trust and Historic Preservation. And he was the president at the time. I think he might still be, I don't know, but 
he was invaluable also in saying, no, this is an important thing. And um, working with all the counties across the state saying, let's really get involved in this. And, um, and he was so nice that often when you have grants, you can't use money that you raise for another grant as um, your matching funds. And not all grants have matching funds, but some do. And so, you know, that's up to the granting society to figure out, do you need matching money or you don't need matching money or you'll let this money be included or not. And so he was delightful saying, no, if they've done all the work to get a grant, we'll, we'll say that that's the matching money. That's good matching money. So that helped us um, also to be able to help some of the farmers who didn't think they could afford to do some of these um, major repairs and economically for them, you know, it could just fall down because that was going to be cheaper. And mm -hmm. so many of the farmers were just like so grateful that something important like this, they could afford to preserve. So lots of good people came together and made this happen. And it was so fun to put this together. And when it comes to the different types of barn uh, architecture, the different types of barns, they were, it really kind of a fascinating story uh, to, is told. They were, some of them were really ingenious about their use of gravity. I know the Carnation Farms barn, the big historic Carnation Farms barn is a four-story barn that incorporated the use of gravity a great deal. But it was stellar in the way it was constructed from an efficiency standpoint that it didn't require a lot of energy. So far, we've been talking about this program and how it actually related to preserving the actual physical barn. But is there has any effort been done to capture on a digital format some type of a story of the barn and its story? You know, somewhere in my own personal library, I have a book called Barns. And it's, and it's for barns nationwide. And it's very interesting to look through of all the different ones that were built by the Amish and the Mennonites and the different type of, you know, everybody. Is there been any work done in that regards? Not enough. And, you know, I think that on many things where we're looking at barns and major buildings, and I have a major building I need to tell you about that's not a barn, but a major building like this where we need to know the story because one of the ladies I've been talking to is 103 and she is amazing what she can tell us about the valley and about these structures and so I've got our King County TV going on and interviewing her to get the history firsthand from a woman that's 103 years old and she knows these stories and so I think anybody who has a farm or a barn or remembers, you know, their grandparents or their great grandparents um, and stories about what they remember happened when they were a kid. Lots of people worked on their parents or grandparents' um, farms. And so they have stories about the barns and when they added to the barns and um, different kinds of lifts to get things up to um, other floors of the barn is a big deal. And so, that one of the funny things most people don't know that is interesting is the King County policy is so specific about having a barn dance that most barns can't afford to do what is required. And so I'm trying to get a bunch of barn people to say, you know, 
we should be able to do this and change some of the specifications. But <laughs> so, you know, that part, because in the old days, people had barn dances and that was just part of the culture. But um, anyway, there's a lot of things that we can do. And my first priority is get the barn saved. And once we get the barn saved, then we'll start talking about having occasional barn dances. And of course, I will want to be um, at some of those barn dances because I enjoy dancing. But yeah, it's there's a lot going on. And I think preserving the history. So if people could just go on their own computers and tell their stories, and if they want to send them in to me, I will collect them. It's It's really an exciting time for people to be able to share there's a structure that I'm very interested in preserving, and we are working on that as we speak. And that is at the Preston Mill site, the old um, kiln building, which was where the biggest trees of the entire state went. And it had the biggest saw for trees of a certain circumference. And so that is in progress. And I'm hoping that we will be able by the end of next year to have a huge metamorphosis of what that's going to look like. And so I know what I want it to look like in my mind. And so we're working together to make sure that what happens on the ground looks very similar, if not exact, to what's in my mind. But preserving these very special places that people don't even know how vital they were or how in-depth they were to the economy of the time. And we will have um, places where, and the tribe will help us to also give input on how these different places um, matter to them in addition. So it's, again, a bonding type of experience to bring everybody together because after all, we are community. We did a segment on uh, Preston and we talked about the mill uh, extensively. So. If you didn't listen to that episode, you can find it in my archives. And it's a, the Preston Mill was a fascinating period of time. And you're absolutely right. All this lends to our history, the sawmills, the farms. This is who we were. It was traditional that people celebrated the construction of a barn with the big barn dance. And so maybe what we should do is develop a tradition that after every grant is awarded for the president and the work's been done, there should be a... Uh, a rebarn dance. I think that'd be highly appropriate. Most of our conversation so far has been in the past tense about the different barns that have been preserved, but this program has a future. There's more work to be done. The Preston Mill is one example. Can you just expand on that a little bit? Is uh, uh, What's the future of this program? Well, making sure that the farmers know about this program existing. And, you know, I intend to keep putting the money and encouraging for culture to put the money in the budget every time a new budget is done until, because it's usually biannual, um, until we have all of our barns preserved and then we'll put it in that, you know, 25 or 30 years later, let's look at it again and see, you know, what else needs to be done. It's just really a joy. And, you know, there's lots of things, like you said, you know, with the Preston Mill, and I will have to get on and listen to your broadcast, um, and I hope other people will too, because the Preston Mill site has so much history, and um, I have learned extensively about that history, and I did a video um, a couple of months ago 
on the status of it currently and then what we hope will be um, what will happen in 2022 so that there's documentation about what is now and what is to be. And, you know, once it's, it's done and we have the ribbon cutting and I have asked the lady who's 103 if she will do the ribbon cutting and turns out that her family um, actually was married in the church nearby as the first people in the valley to be married in that church. And then one of her relatives was one of the first um, uh, overseers of the mill. And she told me the name of her relative. And I went, oh my gosh, that same person is another person in the Valley, Cindy's relative. And I said, so if you're both related to this person, do you know you guys are related? And she said, oh, yes, I know we're related, but I do not know they're related and tell the story. So, um, you know, there's many stories. And that's, of course, the lady that um, I've got KCTV going out to interview. So that's neat. Yeah, it's fun. But everybody who has a story, take time to preserve it. It's so easy on Zoom to tape yourself. And if they want to send it to me, I'll keep it together and, you know, turn it into our historical group because, you know, you may think, oh, it's just my family's memory. But, you know, Everybody has friends and it brings up their memories. And I think knowing the common culture and how much something belongs in the happy part of all of our memories is really important now. And more yeah. So, Kathy, well, thank you so much for being my guest today on Tales from Told and uh, appreciate it. And so, folks, until next week. Tune in next Monday at 6 p.m. where we'll continue to talk about the history of the Snoqualmie Valley. 